October the 19th, the year of our Lord, 2022, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbits and Charles. And Matt. <laughs> and Matt. And Matt. <laughs>
again. How many of y'all that came on the camping trip were dancing in your kitchen? That's what I want to know. I was dancing my heart. <laughs> my heart's in my kitchen. So Hallelujah. Oh, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Glad you're here. This is the new kitchen, by the way. Things have changed since we've been up in the kitchen. And look, I wonder if Brother Charles is out there anywhere. He's usually watching from Arizona. Oh, wait, this is him right here. I'm watching from that kitchen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's good. Did you want to say anything to the people? We say hi. You see his name all the time, right? Good morning. <laughs> Brother Charles Brother Charles came out and was with us for the Feast of Tabernacles. <laughs> we had a great, great, great Feast of Tabernacles. I, I know that uh, there's been a lot of pictures posted. But can I tell you this, that the, the pictures really... They look pretty, but they can't do justice to what it was like to be together out there, can they? No. no. It, was, it, was, it was really, really awesome just being together, worshiping the Lord together, having prayer meeting each morning together as a community, and coming together each night and listening to different people in the crowd bring a word, a teaching from the Lord. Uh, so it's good, good, good to be there and it's good to be back we've had some developments now the reason that we did not start back yesterday is we had a tragic death in our extended family and uh, so we had yes yesterday we had that to deal with the funeral of a beautiful young lady that is now passed on and that's why we were not here yesterday uh, but also in the last few days, we've had, Lisa and I have a brand new grandbaby. And I was able to get a picture on here so that you could see. Would you look at this right here. Meet Abigail Shalom. Abigail Shalom. That's my grandbaby right there. Oh, you want to see her? Look at this. Look at this. Number six <laughs> in, our, in our grandbaby quiver. That's yeah. number six right there, Brother Charles. Isn't that sweet? And that's we, me with her last night after the funeral. We went over and uh, we went over there and I held my new grandbaby and took a picture there with her. Abigail Shalom. And we just thank the Lord for her. Thank God for our oldest daughter, Kayla. You don't see Kayla as much. She's not part of the Daybreak group. But uh, they live over in Gordonsville, Tennessee. And uh, this is their sixth child made me a grandpa six times all right praise the lord well thanks for being here again let's You're jump in oh let me jump over here chat there we go yeah thanks god precious children yes hallelujah all right let's dive in we're in revelation chapter 11 revelation chapter 11 and we've been talking about the two witnesses now we we're just going to take up with chapter 11 again and uh, I guess I'm just going to start with uh, verse 1 and read to verse 10 quickly then we'll recap quickly and and then move forward it says so I'm in Revelation chapter 11 verse 1 then I was given a reed like a measuring rod and the angel stood saying rise and measure the temple of God 
the altar and those who worship there. But leave out the court which is outside the temple and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles. And they will tread the holy city underfoot 42 months. And I will give power to my two witnesses. And they shall prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven that no rain falls during or in the days of their prophecy. They have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom in Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Okay, that's reading 10 verses. So just for a quick, quick recap, those of us who believe in what is called the futurist view, futurist view, and a futurist view is held by those who see that similarities have happened in the past. However, won't connect. I'm sorry, some of you are having a hard time finding us, it seems. But uh, sorry about that. There's nothing I can do about it. They let us go out or they don't let us go out. That's according to Facebook and YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, where was I? Those of us who believe in a futurist view believe in it because we have a high view of Scripture in the sense of even though some things in history can seem close to fulfilling it, when you study the things in the history and when you look at the scriptures, it doesn't totally line up. And so if we believe that it will be fulfilled as it said, then we hold a futurist view. And so I'm one of those who holds a futurist view. Now, that being said, what we have read then says sometime in the future, a temple is going to be rebuilt probably because the Antichrist has risen on the world stage and people don't know he's an Antichrist. He's just an awesome world leader. A covenant is made. Israel rebuilds the temple. But then he's going to break his covenant and he's going to lay siege to Jerusalem. And so what we're seeing is a siege laid against Jerusalem for 42 months. Now, during this time of 42 months, three and a half years, 1260 days, we've been over this several times since we've been through Revelation. During this same time period, 
God is going to give power or authority unto his two witnesses. Now, he did not name his two witnesses. He did not give them names. He just says, I will give power unto my two witnesses. And I've tried to share with you that, and in case it wasn't clear, I'm going to make this very clear today. There are four dominant views on the two witnesses. Four. Four of them. Now, of these four, I'll give them to you quickly. And I have read entire studies and books on each four of these, or entire studies. But, one, it is believed that the two witnesses simply represent the Jew and Gentile remnant that follow Jesus, that follow Yeshua at the end time. That God will pour out power like the church has never seen in the end time. And so it is a group of people, the Jew and Gentile witnesses represent the two witnesses, and they will receive power like Moses and Elijah had. That's one view. Number two view is that it is Moses and Elijah themselves since their powers are definitely describing the powers of Moses and Elijah. It is Moses and Elijah, which then puts people in a little bit of a question mark because Moses, we know, died, was buried. Elijah went up in a chariot and was received into heaven. Then the third view would be that it's Enoch and Elijah. That view is held because Enoch was translated and Elijah was, I mean, Enoch was taken up and Elijah was taken up. And so the thought is, it is appointed unto men once to die. After this, the judgment, they have never died. Therefore, they will be the two witnesses that come back and they will die in the streets at Jerusalem. And every one of these views has strength, okay? The point to me is this, <laughs> and I hold a different view. I hold the fourth view. Now, here's the, the reality is, regardless of which view you take, it doesn't mean we can't get along because the reality is Jesus, for whatever reason, didn't name them. We will know them when they come on the scene for sure. Now, my view is the fourth view, that it is actually two end-time prophets that received the anointing of Moses and Elijah. Now, the reason I say that, and here's why I say that, because if you say that, you have to deal with the fact of Enoch and Elijah never having died. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I want to read this quickly to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is how this makes sense in my mind, and I will give it to you. I think I made this clear last time, but just in case I didn't, here's what he says. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50, and this is good as we go forward in chapter 11. He says, now this I say, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption, this, this mortal body, inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep. That means die. We, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Now, that's very important because we're about to read tomorrow of the blowing of the last trumpet. Right, Brother Charles? So it's very important. He says, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Now, that being said... This is why, for me, though Enoch was taken into heaven and though Elijah was taken into heaven, for me, they would have been translated as they entered into heaven. 
because when in the transfiguration, when Moses and Elijah are on each side of Jesus, it doesn't, the scripture doesn't seem to say that they looked any different. So how could they both be standing beside of Jesus? That's a question in my mind. Regardless of who they are, the end time witnesses will be powerful and will have the anointing of Moses and Elijah. So, but that's how come I take the, the view that I take. Just like John the Baptist was called Elijah, I'm like, these two witnesses at the end are going to have the power of Moses and Elijah, which my leaning at the moment is that they are just two powerful witnesses. Now, that being said, okay, that being said, uh, and hopefully you understanding my view there, remember this, that when it comes to eschatological views, that like, like for me, I listen to, and I study several scholars and their teaching, especially those that I agree on all of the plain scripture on. Then when it gets to the difficult scriptures, you have lots of different views. Like Craig Keener, this is, Craig Keener right here is one of my favorite scholars. I love him to death. Uh, and his opinion would be different there on the end of these. And so, I defer to that, but as we go back to the scripture, we, we will say this. They are not named. They are just said, my witnesses. So now let's move on. Verse 7 says, when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is called Sodom and Egypt. Well, where is this and what is this city? Well, we're told in the next line, where our Lord was crucified. So Sodom and Egypt here are talking about Jerusalem. And it's talking, and it's, what it is referring is, is the city of Jerusalem in the, the end days will be wicked like Sodom. It'll be wicked like Egypt. This was where our Lord was crucified, and in these end times, it'll be just as morally corrupt and just as wicked as both Egypt and Sodom. Now, in this text, though, this is one of the reasons that X is out for me that the two witnesses are the remnant of the Jewish and Gentile church. How do you do that? Because it says that the beast makes war against them, the two witnesses, kills them, the two witnesses, and their bodies lay dead in the street, now we know, of Jerusalem. So their bodies are laying dead in the streets in Jerusalem. Does that make sense? This tells me, because the Jewish and Gentile church is global. Amen? It's around the world. There's Jewish... There's Jewish believers in America, Gentile believers in America. There's Jewish believers in Iran. There's Gentile believers in Iran. There's Jewish and Gentile believers in China, right? So to me, it doesn't make sense that the two witnesses are going to lay dead in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days and it somehow be the whole body of Christ is laying dead in the streets of Jerusalem. That makes sense. Makes sense to me. So to me, that says this: these are two witnesses. They're actually two men, whether they're Enoch and Elijah from back here that's returned, 
or Moses and Elijah that's returned or two anointed prophets at the end, I believe this proves to me that they're, they're actually two people. Another thing, we're told that they minister for 42 months, 1,260 days. Now, as I was growing up, I was taught that the 1,260 days was actually, because I was taught by an all-millennialist, uh, I was taught that the 1,260 days was 1,260 years. And so when I first started reading this, I was like, okay, so they're witnessing for 1,260 years, but then they're killed in Jerusalem and they lay dead in the streets for three and a half days. So to be true with scriptures, I have to exegete, is that what we call it, and exegete it correctly. So if this is 1,260 days, how can I take the three and a half days and make that three and a half years that they lay dead in the street for three and a half years. That doesn't make sense. But if I just take it like it says, and there's two prophets. That's a novel idea. There's a novel. <laughs> <laughs> and there's these powerful witnesses in the end time, whoever they are, man, they are bearing witness, and they are preaching the gospel. They're bringing down curses. And then for a season, that they have victory for three and a half years. Their ministry is powerful for three and a half years. Now think of it, and but then God allows, and I say God allows the beast to overcome them and kill them. And when he does this, when the beast is able to do this, it's going to be like the world celebrating Christmas. You know how the world celebrates Christmas? Everybody gives presents. They are going to be so happy. Look at this. Verse 9, then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days. Now, how is all the people going to see their dead bodies for three and a half days? Well, you can get, we can get on the Internet right now and see things in the middle of Jerusalem. You can get on Google and tap into cameras all around the world now, right? For three and a half days... Now look at this, and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. Now this goes very strong with who I believe the beast system will be because it is a very common thing for them to do is to not bury but to parade or, or to put up. And, and actually I've even seen beatings of dead bodies where they are just beating the dead bodies, right? And... Three and a half days, not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves, and those who dwell on the earth. Now, when we say those who dwell on the earth, we're talking about the wicked people. What are they going to do? They're going to rejoice. They're going to party. And here's what it says. They're going to make merry. They're going to make merry means they're breaking open the wine, the champagne, the bottles. They are going to toast. They're going to send gifts to one another. They're going to buy presents for, for each other. Why? Because these two witnesses, these two prophets that tormented those who dwelt on the earth have been killed. And you know what they're going to say? Yes! The beast is the one. He's the dude, right? But tomorrow we'll find out what's going to happen next and everything's <laughs> going to shift. Amen? Well, it looks like the time is way come and gone, and so... That brings us to the end of here. Did you you have anything you want to slide around here and say? Oh, I, I just went.
I'm just sitting here talk, thinking about stuff that I want to talk to you about after this is over. So, no. <laughs> so Daybreak is recorded in front of a live audience. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here. Love every one of you. We appreciate you being here. And we'll jump off here, talk to Charles a little while, and then I got to go to work, make some money. <laughs> so let's say the Lord's Prayer together, can we? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen. Amen. amen all right love you saints thanks for being here uh see you tomorrow lord willing right here bye